1: Good evening, Rifters! This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e and podcast where you go to many 5e books and talk about various rules and haunted gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake.
2: And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today, we're here to talk to you about skill challenges, otherwise known as a skill check challenge. Nathan, what can you tell me?
1: So, like, a skill check is a kind of check that you can get, um, you know, it's not often blank, you just gotta fill it out, uh, with, with details. Can I use
2: it at the grouser?
1: Not quite, actually, you might be able to, so, all all, in, in seriousness, a skill check challenge is a series of, um, well, checks that you need to make. Uh, often with the DM telling you beforehand how many successes or failures it's going to take before you succeed or fail. Yes, indeed.
2: So I'll, I'm going to slip up. I always called it a skill check challenge just because that's how I kind of grew up on D&D with that with Jason Massey. But technically, it is just a skill challenge. So I'm probably going to slip up, though, and use the three-word version more often than not. But anyway, it is one of my favorite things from 4th edition that, for reasons I just do not understand, just does not seem to have been carried over into 5th, which is unfortunate. So the intent of a skill challenge is to have a series of roles that aren't necessarily like a direct combat encounter throwing attacks at one another. So the idea of a skill challenge is to create a full encounter for all intents and purposes like experience. A skill check challenge is supposed to be considered an equivalent encounter to a combat one, but using your skills in order to obtain some specific objective. So that being said, there are a number of situations where I personally do feel that a skill challenge is the better way to resolve a situation than a combat encounter would be. So Nathan, can you name any just times when it would be good in your opinion to do a
1: skill check challenge instead of combat? When you're running away from a giant troll monster. (laughs) Yeah,
2: because that's the kind of thing that is you know, arguably more fun to deal with more narratively than just like it has a speed of 40 feet. You all have speed of, you know, 25 or 30 feet. Oh, no, it's absolutely going to catch us in two turns. Like, that's not as fun a situation. You want to do the whole running through the cave with the thing chasing after you. And then it's reliant on your characters being, you know, smart in world of, okay, how can we distract it or slow it down? Or you have, like, the classic chase scene in the market where, like, you know, the thief is running away and you're trying to catch him. And then you have the classic you know they're running around like throwing people behind them to try to slow you down and then like they you know tip over a food cart buy cabbages and just like all the classic tropes involved of a chase scene are a lot harder to work in when you're in a standard D combat encounter it's kind of hard to throw in the kind of narrative bits to set that scene and a skill challenge is how you do that so that's when okay so in the what i just described so you're all running down the street or let's yeah, we'll go with the chasing the thief example. You're you know, he's running. You're all running. You're all running. It's it's crowded. So everyone is slowed down a bit. So consider it difficult terrain to navigate the crowd. OK, everyone's speeds cut in half. That makes the mapping a little bit easier on your part and also makes sense. And if you think about just like how long it takes to move through a crowd. So good. You have that people going you know crowds speed halved. okay then how far is this guy willing to go to slow you guys down okay uh he's not going to just kill random people that's not a good thing for a thief to do that's you know, that's what assassins are for and you don't want to get that guild involved anyway so running through so they're like shoving people over but they're not doing anything actively dangerous you know they might be throwing you know a food cart aside you know to just block your way and get you know people crowded around like any of those things could be an action or so what you would do is you know treat it as a thing so okay they knock over the cart uh let's see it's an athletic check to see if they're able to knock it over into your way cool uh they the thief as they're running just like suddenly turns around and just yells at you stop thief trying to just direct false attention onto you okay that would be a deception check like there are fun things that you can do in a chase scene narratively so the problem is of course you know balancing the idea of narration with game mechanics and that's where a skill check challenge really just shines. So now let's talk a little more, a little more about some of the numbers involved. So Nathan, uh, well, actually, first I should ask: Have you ever actually ran a full skill check challenge?
1: Uh, maybe once, properly. Kind of. Right. Do you remember what the situation was? Uh, players were running away from the trogon. All right. <sighs> I'm still angry at you over that. <laughs> kill steal
2: anyway <laughs> but yeah so that's exactly the thing like it is a more interesting thing to describe just the mayhem that a creature might be causing than it is to just say like you're out of range it swings its weapon but isn't targeting the right square so it's an automatic miss but if he hit it would have been a 24 so yeah like that's okay i mean that was a little fun putting on that voice a little but That's not something that you should really want to do to your players. So the mechanic side of the skill check challenge are really, really short, honestly. So let's see if I can actually find it here. Crack open my fourth edition DMG. Blah, 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 blah. So they have the idea of how complex a challenge is to uh, complete, but I'm not super fond of the numbers because it just goes up, which is not. Anyway, the idea is to have some amount of successful checks before some amount of failures. And this is one where I keep it even more simple instead of more complicated for once. I like the idea of three failures being the failure all the time. It's easy. I don't have to remember. I don't have to keep track of harder things. So the question then is just, how many times do they need to succeed before three failures? Okay, so if it's something relatively easy, then they should have a 50-50 shot. So three successes before three failures. Easy. If it's something that they should have a much harder time getting into, then okay, they need six successes before three failures. And like just keep it kind of that pattern. I mean, you could even just do it three, six, nine. And then there you go. Three complexities before three failures. The last one would be really hard because that's potentially like a lot of turns. And honestly, I think that that's pretty simple for complexity. So you just got one, two, three, three successes or six successes or nine successes before three failures. The DC, on the other hand, is another just angle you have in how hard to make something. So you can have like complexity and difficulty so okay so yeah something might be hard but not too complicated so then it could be three successes before three failures with a dc of 10 like it's really not hard to do the thing it just requires more than one check so this can be used in so many different situations where just numbers aren't as interesting so like let's say you're trying to like make a secret tunnel into the castle. You don't want to do mining checks for a week of real time playing daily. That's that just not be... fun. <laughs> okay, You're, any person so would guys... mutiny be asked to do that. Like, <laughs> but, but, but I auto succeed on this. Why are you making me roll?
1: No, genuinely, I I I just would like. To see someone try to run it and make it fun, just as like a challenge. Oh my! Like, yeah, I I
2: don't want to. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, that sounds miserable.
1: It's like okay, so here's something absolutely uninteresting. Make it fun. <laughs> no. <sighs>
0: But anyway, so, yeah,
2: you have complexity, you have difficulty
0: and the difficulty can
2: be just whatever you feel makes sense to the situation. Like, let's say you're in front of a demon lord's castle and just to be a dick about it, he put an enormous just demonic padlock on the gate this giant padlock has five keyholes and you know that the lieutenants would each have one of the keys you know or you know the rogue asks well wait it's locks can't i just pick it well maybe um okay skill check challenge it's yeah so basically the the i don't know what that character was but the you can just make the thing up a skill check challenge is you just have a situation And you are just telling your players, deal with it. So you don't need to necessarily set up a lot in terms of map, because a lot of this should be theater of the mind. And it's great for that situation of, I don't know how to fucking deal with this, but it's complicated. Just make it a skill check challenge. Yeah, okay, you've got a chance to succeed, but it's going to be hard. So, okay, six successes before three failures. And it's moderately difficult. So let's put it at a 13 like whatever numbers work for you this is the kind where even nathan i would be okay with him just pulling the number out of his ass as long as he does actually remember to pull out a number and not just arbitrarily say that something succeeds or not uh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry not sorry but the other thing that i like about a skill check challenge is that you can use it as a narrative vehicle in multiple different directions of What exactly happens if you do succeed or fail? So with that in mind, Nathan, can you talk about some of the differences in how you could have a skill check challenge end, like narratively?
1: All right. So um, one way that you could handle a skill check challenge is that basically on success, you can essentially be like, okay, um, let's say, for example, the skill check challenge for the um, Trogon. The troll god um, loses interest or finds something else interesting and then uh, leaves because it's been ch- looking around for you all and has lost the set or lost your uh, tra- the tra- trace on, on you. Or um, let's say it's a failure. Well, it can be a case where you are hiding somewhere and then you feel the stealth check. It slams into you and someone screams out in terror or in pain or gets hit by accident. And that's where combat starts back up, something like that.
2: Yeah, but what I meant was just the fact that when you do have a skill check challenge end, it's not a binary decision of A or B in terms of how you want the story to resolve so it could be the option of like the players have caught the criminal and then you just have the talky bit of okay now what like where are you gonna put them what are you gonna do it's not
1: exactly the end goal
2: like yeah or the situation of okay you know monster chasing us you know what happens with the success so if we do succeed does it lose interest does some other monster stumble across us, and it's distracted <laughs> for the moment, but it just gives you a few seconds extra to run i mean like, the best thing about skill resolve? check
1: hmm? like the best thing about a skill check challenge I feel is that you have a lot more data points, which means that you're able to make it like determine the level of success even more than usual, and this it also gives uh, more players a part to play
2: absolutely because there are some debates about exactly what you want to kind of contribute skill wise to the encounter and what you allow to like be used so it really is up to the dm because there aren't like actual fifth edition rules for it of like what you can allow to happen using skills like maybe there is like a skill or two in your mind that is like the obvious perfect one to use and so you know you let it happen and it just works But if they do something creative, then like maybe it will advance the story more in some way. So like the idea of yes and or no, but like so the classic just kind of improv things like another thing to also consider uh, just skipping to the endings again. Just because people fail a skill tech challenge does not mean that the situation is you die or the situation is just some horrible horrible thing it may simply mean a disadvantage for the next encounter or situation so example of that let's say that you're, you make a plan and decide to use a skill check challenge to sneak into the castle because you're trying to steal this you know dangerous magic item they don't know they have so the fail of the skill check challenge you could do in a few different ways it could be you know they get caught by the guards and arrested or you could also just have it be it means that the alert goes off and now you continue the encounter but without the advantage of surprise and then you play it more round by round chase scene you know or you can end the chase scene with a skill check challenge it's nicely versatile that way so that being said uh, one other thing about the skills involved. Nathan, are there any limits at all to what skills can be used?
1: Uh, No, as far as I'm
2: aware. No, there isn't. But again, this is something that some DMs I've encountered do use as a house rule. There are people who say like, you can't use the obvious, you know, not applicable. But I, I think that they're wrong. Players should be able to try whatever they want to do what you can do if you're trying to do something and even the description you give is obvious that you're just trying to waste the turn but use something you have proficiency in like that's kind of a dick move so i would honestly say like if you're purposefully being obstructionist as a player if a disadvantage does like punish that with disadvantage on the role like i can see the argument at least i wouldn't but i can see an argument there anyway so with all that being said, uh, do you think that it should be used more in 5th edition?
1: I mean, yeah, definitely it should be because um, it's just a really, really solid way of summing up a series of events without having to play them play-by-play in certain events where play-by-play would not actually add anything to the situation or, in fact, detract from the um, kind of feeling that you're going for.
2: Yeah, and there are people who honestly do prefer a skill challenge over just the regular combat encounters so it is possible that you can run into players who do like start pushing more for the talky bits because like we've we've talked about it loads of times in the past and even done an episode on it like people are all different some people like the slashy bits some people like the talky bits and some people like other bits some people like the math bits Like there's a lot of things to like. That's part of why D&D is so popular. So taking advantage of this old mechanic for your fifth edition games
0: can be something to just help enhance your game experience.